I'm a sophisticated and so can you. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. This is our first mini-sode. Yeah, transparency, I think we should just say what we're doing here. The show we do takes us a long time to yes. make. The recording is, is just the tip of the iceberg, as I'm sure you guys have grokked. Yes, we do a lot of homework on yeah, the show. Yeah, it takes us a while, and every other week is a more reasonable schedule for us to be, like, learning an, an artist's entire catalog <laughs> in a way that we can talk about intelligently. So what what would be useful to sort of fill in those every other other weeks? And we've come up with a segment that we're calling... <laughs> How did you get this way? Or why are you like this? These minisodes are meant to be just like a 15, 20 minute peek behind the curtain into some of the formative texts of our life. And we yeah. say text pretty loosely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in this podcast, we're looking at all the stuff that we skipped over, that we left behind, that we maybe should have looked at, but didn't. As we critique these things, it might be valuable to be like, where are we coming from? What are the things that made our brains in- into what they are? Yeah, we want to provide you, the listeners, with some extra context for what it is that we care about when we are going into these works. Yeah. Because you might be wondering, well, why do you not like Chinatown? Why didn't you enjoy Lionel Richie? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right, exactly. And so we're, 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 we're going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, like, there's things that are definitely canon. We've set up a premise where we can't cover them because we already know them, but we might really desperately want to recommend them to you or tell you that they, that they are important and you should engage with them if you haven't. Yes, absolutely. And one such thing that we are starting with today is the matrix yeah yeah <laughs> and the matrix was a good one because one it is objectively one of the best sci-fi movies ever made two we both watched it within the last year and three the fourth one just came out and was kind of a disappointment and i think it's important to say that we both watched it when it came out and were yes. into it Yes. Which for you, I think it was maybe pretty on brand. But for me, it was not. I think people were surprised to discover about freshman year me that I did indeed enjoy the film The Matrix and was looking forward to what turned out to be some very disappointing sequels. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I didn't seem like the type. Yeah, whereas I think what Sydney is referring to is <laughs> right before we started recording, we were trying to pick a topic for this first episode and I was like, this is going to be hard to pick some formative texts from early in our lives because I was a way bigger dork than you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but The Matrix, that's part of what was exciting about it is it's like, yes, it was for nerds but it was also just like a really like sick action movie like there was a way to like it that was a little sort of like tongue-in-cheek like there were kids that went all in on like the jackets yes and then the, i never the i never went that far there was a kid who was so i i've probably mentioned i i went to like a obnoxious prep school and they gave us all laptops which in whatever 2003 was like a pretty big deal and the only person who knew how to work the laptops <laughs> like if anything went wrong with your laptop you went to nick keist and nick keist had an ankle length black trench that he wore any day that weather permitted which in san francisco is most days <laughs> and like wrap around sunnies even inside like all day in class yeah <laughs> the guy 14 year old me desperately wanted to be but when i asked my mom to buy me a leather duster she screamed at me about the columbine shooters for 20 minutes and then didn't do it sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do go on <laughs> so i i was definitely not that 
person. Even then I was like kind of, I'd come from like an arts middle school and I was kind of already obviously a lesbian. But that's an interesting thing about The Matrix though is at the time people mistook it for stupid boy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like a little queer, crunchy little rascal like me, it was like, why? But we now know that it was always a queer, trans queer people stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I, I think that I knew that on some level. I think I felt it in my bones. Yeah, probably. I also, this is a sidebar, but I also had had the good fortune of already seeing the Wachowskis earlier film Bound, which was about lesbians. Which I would definitely cover in a future minisode. Yeah. Even though I came to that late. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just strong, showed it to Anthony recently. It's, strong recommend. It's, it's my, that's my best trick for like things you might not have seen or heard of that you will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Bound. We, we can come back to it in another episode, but I, I let, let this serve as like a resounding recommendation for like just like a, a delightful little heist movie that is also gay it's super gay yeah because <laughs> it's already the Wachowskis like they already know what they're doing like it's beautifully shot it's definitely on more of a shoestring than the Matrix but they still do some cool stuff that's what's fun about it it's like it's like oh I can't believe what I'm about to say it's the Reservoir Dogs <laughs> of the Wachowskis no I think that's reasonable it's the thing they made for no money that showed that they've got some chops yeah like, yeah 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 Quentin no, Tarantino I... is an obnoxious human being but he he has made some good yeah movies. Reservoir Dogs was pretty solid yeah if you're okay with just wanton violence yeah so I wasn't the cookie cutter Matrix kid but I did I don't know I just really enjoyed the film I think it's fun how they blow stuff up I think it's fun like how stylized it is yeah. I think Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are both great in it. Just like so charming and watchable. Also, there's like a fair amount of not the kind of body diversity that we would expect now, but the fact that the heroes and villains of this movie looked more like regular people than the typical action movies even today. Like think about any supervillain in a Marvel movie and juxtapose them with Agent Smith. Yeah. Hugo Weaving is like, Late thirties, not Dozer, the other one. Tank. Yeah, like the team on the Nebuchadnezzar, their floaty boat. Their floaty boat is not doesn't look like the poster of a a Marvel film Mm. at all. In fact, there is a character that I know that the Wachowskis wanted to be non-binary. I don't know if they had they them pronouns in mind for that character, but like you're talking about Switch. Yeah. Yeah, my understanding was Switch was, they were supposed to have a binary gender presentation in both The Matrix and in real life, but they were supposed to be opposite. I don't remember which direction oh, it was supposed to be. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. then the and studio was like- what just like a very androgynous little person, which is still like fun for me yeah. at that age. And for me now, yeah. turns out. <laughs> I have both yeah. of us now. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. But uh, yeah, I, I know that there was some pushback on that. Mm-hmm. But certainly the second two movies, which are, garbage and you don't need to watch them and i strongly recommend that you do not watch them actually but the like post-apocalyptic human city that they have is very much looks like a real city and not like a bunch of white people at a rave yes and what's funny is in the second one they do have a rave yeah but it's but it doesn't look like a white people rave that's true it doesn't that's true no they, they do a pretty it good job like a, a lot of caramel queers in loose weave sweaters <laughs> which is exactly what it is yeah when when we just did our rewatch like a few months ago, there's like this whole runner, I guess you would call it, of Agent Smith dead naming Neo. 
Yes, that's right. Even after knowing it was a trans allegory, I feel like I didn't clock that until I actually watched it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the whole, and it's like so iconic the, because he talks so funny the way he says Mr. Anderson. And Mr. It's like, Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, so it's like everybody knows that's in the movie, but then like when you think about it from like, a trans perspective. It's like, yeah, you really put that in there. Yeah. I think we literally clapped at My Name is Neo and both of us have seen this movie like at least five times. Yeah, well, no, because it's like, but it's like a big, it's a turning point for him in like Mm -hmm. claiming his power. Yeah. Which is like so trans. (laughs) Yes. There's There's a lot of good stuff about it besides that it was trans all this time. It's just a great action sci-fi movie. It's two hours and 15 minutes long and there is not a single scene that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Like they really do And that isn't like fun to watch Mm -hmm. and like visually innovative. And like, I feel that it holds up. Watching it now, it's not like, oh, what's this like weird old technology? It's like- Yeah, because they tried to do so much with practical effects and camera work and- Yeah, it's like, I feel like there's a part where there's a helicopter is a yo-yo. Yeah. They like swing a helicopter into a building. Like it just doesn't get better than that. And the building ripples. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that still looks so good. Like I've got like, "Mm," I'm excited just thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I learned, speaking of like really great scenes that still hold up is that first scene with Carrie Ann Moss. I don't know if it was the first scene she shot, but it was the first scene with her her that they finished. I don't know if this is true, but apparently the first daily they showed to Carrie Ann Moss of like completed footage for her first big movie was that first scene. And like, what a gift to give (laughs) Carrie Ann Moss of just like, you are going to be such a badass in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) If you had any doubt. Erase those doubts from your mind. Yeah, no, she fucking slays. I feel like it's also just like really fair to, like as far as action movies go, especially from the 90s, it's like very fair to its female lead. Like it's Neo's story, like we can only have one protagonist, whatever. But I I don't feel like she is there to like serve his tale. Yeah. Like she she gets a lot to do. She does. And I mean, there is a love story in it, but it feels very earned. This may shock regular listeners who don't know me personally. I don't know who you would be. <laughs> no, there's a few who don't know us. Yeah, okay, there's yeah. A few no, there, there have to be. But I am a romantic, actually. <laughs> and, like, I love a story that is, like, about, like, the fate of the universe. And also, these two people should really probably smash. <laughs> Yeah. Like like if you can if you can make those two things weigh the same in your movie, like I love that. And I know like it's fallen out of fashion and I feel like now there's just like more cynicism in the air that's like, what does one silly love story matter in the scheme of like like how dare you make those things weigh the same? But I that's exactly what I want. And I think the Matrix does it really well. Yes, absolutely. And I was I was about to say that I think the reason there is a lot of cynicism around it is because it's been done so badly so many times yes yes or so many times it's been like it's hard to do we saved the world with our love can't it's possible but it's hard at this point it's you kind of just have to like keep them next to each other i think that's setting off people's alarms a little bit it's like no no your love did not save the world but like if you can convince me that it did like like i'll cry yeah 
And the fourth one, as much as it's like, oh, oh, it's definitely better than the middle two. But a a lot of its power comes from nostalgia for the first one. But they really, like, they use her. Like, as far as bringing in, like, totems of of the universe that are like, here's an important thing to recognize, like, Neo doesn't see it yet, or we, we don't see it, it, we don't see how it's gonna fit together yet, but you're supposed to, it's supposed to raise your heart rate a little bit that we're bringing up this topic. Like, how good she is on a motorcycle. Yeah. That's like one of the, she like builds them yes. in the fourth one. Mm-hmm. It, there's like a little bit of, it's like an alternate reality where they weren't ever woken, I don't, I already forget how it works. <laughs> honestly, it's... it was too, it was too convoluted. Yeah. Nobody, I honestly, I think the problem is that nobody was there to be like, Lana, no. Yes, I think I think Lana, that's true. Lana, <laughs> Lana, <laughs> Anyway, the the fact that the lady lead gets just as much symbology that's like ooh 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 yeah yeah the bike. It is as much about her as it is about Neo, and that's one of the best things about the movie. Yeah, like the thrill that we get, the Thor's hammer effect, like the thrill that we get from like knowing that the person is gonna do the thing that they do. The person we want is gonna do the thing that we want them to do. Yes, that's <laughs> like, super fun. Yeah, I feel that even though it's ultimately Neo's story, Trinity gets just as much of that like excitement vibe. Yeah. And they reuse the first sequence from the first movie as the opening of the fourth movie with a different actress for reasons. Yeah. But you know what? The sequence is so good that it's yeah. just like, that's still great. No, I still mean, yeah. Awesome. I, and I guess that's like part, the fourth one is like, like all of its strongest moments are because of it's the remembering the first, the first one. one, which I think is also a little bit of like, nobody, nobody reigned in, nobody reigned in Lana. But the first one. <laughs> yeah, but the first one. The first one is such a delight. Excellent. And, and no I, notes. I think we talked about this off mic. We were talking about the other two. And I think the thing about the other two is like, it's kind of a Jennifer's body situation where it's like, you really went for it. And I appreciate that you did. I don't think that anyone can accuse the Wachowskis of pulling their punches in the last two. No. But it just doesn't work. I honestly don't even remember them. Like I remember a couple of notable visuals and there was stuff I didn't even know I was gonna remember. When we just watched the fourth one, there were locations that they used from the second two that I was like, it's a testament to the design elements of the whole trilogy that I knew that I had been there before when I only saw the the second two movies once when I was whatever, a sophomore in high school and didn't even think very highly of them. Yeah. But I still, like, recognize the, the things from them. I just, like, I, I feel I can't even speak to what is wrong with the second two. One of the reasons that I thought it was a good idea when you suggested it to do this episode today is we've had to deal with so many years of people thinking that The Matrix is bad because of the second, third, and now fourth movies all being a disappointment. And I think it's important every once in a while to pull back and say, put those aside. The first one holds up 100%. Yeah, it is 23 years old and you could not tell. And I think it's important to reclaim it from like all the red pill yeah. bullshit. Like it has been claimed by stupid boys. Yeah, and it, it is so much more than what they want it to be. Yes, and we should really take it back because it's an excellent piece of filmmaking. Yeah, I would put this in any class in the curriculum that yeah. I could shoehorn it yeah. into. Yeah. Profiles encourage. What is gender? Is what that one is that we gen- have? 
Uh, what is love is one of them, but we could have what is gender. Yeah, well, we should. I don't know why we don't have that as a category. What is gender? I think just we have like good shit for people with taste. Yeah, just like a fucking fun time, yeah. man. If you're at a party and you tell someone that you like The Matrix and they tell you that you're wrong, that person's not worth your time. Yes, absolutely. And if you have not seen The Matrix, find a buddy yeah. who wants to watch it with you and watch it right now. Even if you're not into action movies, doesn't matter. Ari, my wife, not into action movies, doesn't like CGI stuff, loves The Matrix. Yeah. Loves it because it is that good. Because it's good. It's fucking good. Because it's good. Because it's like also well-written and just like an interesting human story. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, super it's, gay. Like it's, yeah. It's got it all, man. It's gay. It's part like Hunger Games. Like if you like the Hunger Game, because I've heard that the kids discuss the feeling of revolutionary righteousness that comes from watching the Hunger Games as if it is, I saw on TikTok. <laughs> Sure, go on. <laughs> As if it is a unique to the Hunger Games. Like they like the children believe that the only place to source this kind of like anger and thirst is the Hunger Games. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, it's the Matrix, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to speak directly to the children, my babies. <laughs> The Matrix does the same thing, but better. I mean, yeah, yeah. The film is tighter. Yeah, it's a better movie than The Hunger Games and it's, is a and movie. And it has like more... You're allowed to like both. You're allowed to yeah, like yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, and I do. And I think there are things, there are things in The Hunger Games that The Matrix does not have to offer. Sure. But like, no frame is a letdown. Like, you could make any frame of The Matrix into a poster and mm -hmm. put it on your wall and not be sorry. Yeah, and anyone who sees it will immediately say two things. Oh, that's from The Matrix, and that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I got. Yeah. So that's why we're like this. Yes, that is that is one of the things that made us this way. Yeah, and we'll see you next week for a main episode. And until then, good night and good luck. Brr.